The Bloody Podcastacre with Zach Walters and Kennedy Catherine. Much like Michael Myers. That was good. Thank you. That was I, really good. I didn't even plan it. Wow. Happy post-Halloween, everybody. But we're still on the Halloween train. Once again, Halloween in our hearts every day. How was your Halloween? I don't know yet. <laughs> Halloween. It kills. And evil dies tonight. <laughs> um, I saw online somebody posted about this movie that... You should drink every time you hear 40 years ago, it dies tonight or evil dies tonight, and you will be sloshed. Drink every time? Yes. I was looking at you, my ears were open, and still... And you were just smiling at me, and I was like... (laughs) I was like, I didn't quite, like, get what you were saying. Yeah, oh no, they said, I read something that said they said it the way I said said 17 times in that (laughs) sentence, something like 16 times in the first... 14 minutes. Well, because then they had the, like, whole chant. Yes. Eventually of everybody chanting it, and it's just like, let's wrap. Let's wrap it up. Evil dies tonight. Not right away. A bunch of us got to die first, but evil dies later. (laughs) And then evil's mildly inconvenienced tonight. Evil doesn't even end up dying tonight. No, not at all. I just want to get into it. I want to explain some things. I want to talk. Before, sorry, I just remembered something. I want you to tell me. So, before... Kennedy and I went and saw this movie together in the theater, and this was the first time that we saw one in the theaters together. It was great. I wrote down some notes prior to going into the movie that I had to assess once we sat. I'm interested to see where Kennedy picked seats. I think it tells a lot about a person to me. (laughs) If it's in the front section, absolutely not. No. The back half is better. Prime is three rows from the back unless you're in a hundred capacity or less theater, then it's absolute the back row. Yeah. And I think that you picked a good spot. I did, and our heights were fine. But yes. if any of us had been a little bit shorter, a.k.a. me, mm-hmm. there was a bar right in front of us that did cut across the half of the screen for mm-hmm. me. And that was silly on my part. But it was okay. It was okay. Because there was not a lot to miss. You are correct. I like the back half of the theater mm-hmm. because I also watched a video once that the sound is best suited for like a film in the back middle. is where they kind of, is their Shoot target. For. If you're going for like an audio experience because you know it's gonna be like i don't know a music movie or like there's the soundtrack or anything like that sit there that's a hot tip what did we eat i had popcorn we got combo number two yeah each (laughs) (laughs) i had popcorn um almond m&ms and sprite and i had popcorn with real butter layered and i also had white cheddar no i had sour cream and chives yes you did because i had white cheddar later that night because i went to a second movie (laughs) of course you did um and it was not as good as the sour cream and chive um and then i had peanut m&ms and sprite sprite is my go-to i don't drink dark colas ever do you ever put your peanuts into my popcorn yes but Um... i was like i was saying that i was like you got almonds and no, I don't really like it. I, if I'm eating popcorn at home, sometimes if I'm feeling spicy, mm-hmm. I'll add like a an aged cheese, like a little like yep. Asiago or a Parmesan. That is so fancy. It's pretty fancy. Do you put some like paprika to like even it out? No, but that is a great idea. Yeah, you have to have like the like sharp cheese, but then like a little bit of spice because you only have the salt. Here's the thing. I like things disgustingly salty. That's fine. So I don't know. I don't need to like cut the sharpness or the salt on anything 
but just like to add, I think, a little kick. A little dimension, if yeah. you will. I know a lot of people who put um, just sriracha on their popcorn. That and seems that's gross not to me. me. No, no, I like sriracha, but no me thank too. you. What was the other thing I was thinking of? Not chili powder. Well, I'm sure people do yeah. that. For me, when I put M&Ms into my popcorn, it's when I'm not using seasoning for one, and I do it in the last half of the popcorn bag. Yeah, so that you can like shake it all up, yes. move it all about. Because I'm not about to like shake that full bag of popcorn all over my body. And also then they're all just going to fall to the bottom. Yeah. I have to eat, wait for half a bag and they're, I do like when they're melted because the coating doesn't break. Mm-hmm. It's just the inside. And I'm like, mm. and I love this salty and sweet combo. And that's the only one. I love that. Only salty, sweet combo I like. This is good snack strategy corner. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not a fan of Chicago mixed popcorn. Me neither. It can absolutely take a long walk off a short cliff. I hate it so much. This is like my heart is growing listening to this conversation right now. No, I absolutely cannot have it. I used to love caramel popcorn. I just can't do it anymore. If someone puts a Chicago mix on the table, I will pick the the cheddar. Do we want to get married? Maybe. But this isn't good for our friendship because then who's going to eat the caramel? I don't have a huge stomach for popcorn. So like I can leave at least half. Okay. Good to know. Compromise? Great. I am sold. Great. I'm going to do my own little synopsis here. Halloween takes place directly after the 2018 iteration of Halloween, where Michael has escaped the psychiatric hospital, found Lori, and wreaked absolute havoc. Where we left off in that movie, Michael has stabbed Lori and killed her son-in-law, but Lori, with the help of her daughter and granddaughter, was able to trap Michael in a safe room that she built in her basement. (laughs) I'm so sorry. What is he doing? Charlie. Charlie. As the movie ended, Lori had set the house ablaze with Michael inside. Now we pick up moments later and Halloween kills. Lori is being driven to the hospital with her daughter and granddaughter as the police and fire trucks rush past while Lori screams, let it burn. Cut to a local Haddonfield bar where we see some not so familiar anymore faces. It's Halloween night, and on the small stage telling the story of what happened 40 years ago is Tommy Doyle, the young boy Lori was babysitting when Michael first attacked her in 1978. In the crowd are fellow survivors, Marion Chambers, who is Dr. Loomis's assistant, a grown-up Lindsay Wallace, who Lori had also been babysitting that night, and Lonnie, who encountered Michael as a young boy in the street all those years ago. As the group is enjoying their evening, an emergency report is broadcast. Michael has escaped and begun working his way through the neighborhood, killing as he goes. What ensues is a long marathon of slayings and a town-wide manhunt. By the end, most everyone is killed. The town is able to corner Michael, but his strength prevails and he takes out the large group of people. Eventually, he winds up back at his house where, through a series of events, Lori's daughter is stood looking out a window. The movie ends as Michael appears behind her and stabs her. Surviving by the end of the film is Michael, Lori, and Lori's granddaughter. To be clear, not the entire town is killed, but most of the characters are, and so are most of the OG survivors, except Lori and then presumably Lindsay, who just kind of disappears from the movie at some point. Could we have done a more thorough breakdown? Yes. Truly, it would not have been worth it. This movie was just a lot of killing, and it really... I would say that the number one complaint in reviews is that it really doesn't do much to drive the narrative forward. No, it really is just a filler movie when Mm -hmm. you think about it between the first and this presumable last Halloween movie. I was really hoping that it would be a little bit more because like I enjoyed watching it. We had a fun time. Oh, for sure. It was Um, a fun watch. mm -hmm. But like I was like hoping Lori was going to be in it more. Mm -hmm. She was very like background character, which was like kind of shocking to me. Mm-hmm. considering it was like her big revival in like the 2018 version and then also being the central character through the whole series 
I was just kind of shocked that she like um was just laying in a bed the whole time injured. Yeah, I I read this review that I really liked. It was called um it was the from Vulture and it was called Halloween Kills is embarrassing and exhausting. <laughs> One of the points that they made that I agreed with was through all of this, Jamie Lee Curtis's Lori is largely absent or confined to a hospital room. It's shocking given that this is a problem in 1981's Halloween 2, which largely leaves Lori alone to follow a series of interesting murders of uninteresting people. This is exactly what we largely get here, as some of the kills are shockingly gruesome for a mainstream horror film. But in essence, we don't really care about mm-hmm. what is happening, because these are not yeah. people we know. No. Like, you do get to know like these like one-note victims, and that's kind of it because mm-hmm. they're all gone yes i found myself probably like three quarters of the way through i think you felt this too we were like wrap it up like literally we were like what else could there possibly be that like is going to do anything for us in this movie mm-hmm. it probably didn't need to be a trilogy but also another thing sorry going back to Lori, is this is still taking place in one night yes is one thing to note so if she was like stabbed and went into surgery she isn't expected to be fully recovered within the hour. And she wasn't. No. Um, she did take some drugs to... Right into the vein, on her own. For what? Nothing. She went back into bed 20 minutes later. But also, like, so there was a very high body count in this movie. Yeah, what was the body count? I would say, like, upwards of 20, 25. I guess mm. when you take into account the end, yeah. he slaughters just basically everyone. Well, in and there's movie. a whole team of firefighters, which probably, like, yeah, eight. Probably. Yeah, then there's that whole team at the end of one brain cell Haddonfield townsfolk the weird thing is like in this movie I felt like the characters were written so dumb that it was like you wanted to Michael to be the protagonist which is so strange the whole time you're following like this guy Tommy I think his name was is he the one who grabbed the bat yes yeah so you're you're following Tommy who like decides to go to an open mic night to tell the story of like his friends who were like almost slaughtered and everyone's like sobbing pretty much in the audience like wow they're like wow this is so moving and then he's like rallying the troops and he's like going hard just in the town and you're like what this was once again i have three paragraphs from this um review that i read because i really thought it it made some great points one of the notes that it made so one of the plot points that i didn't include in my breakdown in the movie there is simultaneously another man who has escaped from the psychiatric center who right. is just a man who presumably has some sort of cognitive disabilities. Mm-hmm. And the town, they all get locked down into the hospital when it's like revealed that Michael is at large. And after that, he's presumed to be dead. No, this is when they think he's coming to the hospital. Oh, but, and, but they thought he was dead. Sorry, Lori thought he was right, dead. Right, That's right, right. I mean. Yes. But the rest of the town, a bunch of them are at the hospital. They get locked down in the hospital and this other man is in the hospital. And they go on like this ridiculous like manhunt for this guy in the hospital. And ultimately what happens is Lori's daughter, Karen, tries to sort of protect him by quarantining him in this one space and then all the townspeople come and they're like ready to break the doors down so this guy jumps out a window and dies by suicide i was a little confused by what the message was supposed to be outside of mob mentality but Mm -hmm. i didn't really understand why that related to the story and this review hit on that in a good way there's no nuance as tommy's organizing efforts soon create a violent mob just some awkward haranguing about how all human beings are monsters The film also seems ideologically confused about vigilante and mob justice, as it waffles between showing this as necessary, evil, effective, and foolish throughout its runtime. It also gives us the film's second mantra, Evil Dies Tonight, which literally becomes a mantra as the mob chants, 
on their hunt for Michael. And I that's how I felt is it was just like the mm-hmm. movie didn't really seem to have like a consistent message around what that was. Well, and like back to like Michael being the protagonist, it's like there's this like blurred line where you're like, yeah, Michael's doing all these bad things, but you're also just like being equally as bad. Like, why are you all crowding around a hospital? Like, and I get that they're trying to like stop this villain doing villainous things, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, like literally go home. Right. You do not have to be a part of this at all. Everybody's got to be a hero. And we don't need that. One thing regarding his name was Tivoli. The patient's name. Yes. Fun fact. Yes. Um, so he was played by Ross Bacon, and he was uncredited in the 2018 version, but this was his last movie because he passed away. Isn't oh, that so sad? Oh, that is so sad. And it also makes me kind of like, did you have to put his dead body in there, considering he passed away before the film was released? I mean, that's kind of a... That goes for a lot of movies because yeah. it's, he's not the first and he's not the only one. And I don't know how he passed away. Maybe it could be anything. But like people who like, oh, I'm. Go- I mean, also I'm sure that the family members aren't going to go watch Halloween Kills as their last no. goodbye to him. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm laughing at your physical movement there, the way you kind of kissed kissed the sky on that one. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's for sure not something I had thought about or would have immediately thought about. But like when you put it in that way, it's like, yeah, that does seem like a bit of a weird blurry moral line. Because we know we see him jumping, but we don't have to see him landed. Because it it gets close and personal in that. I mean, it's not the same thing, but it kind of reminds me about the controversy around um, Heather Rourke, who played uh, Carol Ann in Poltergeist and how they released Poltergeist 3 after she had died making that movie. But it, that's such a different circumstance. She was the main star. She died while making the movie. Mm-hmm. And they had to, like, find ways to work around that and then still released it. And that seemed very weird. This guy was, like, a, a not to reduce him, but it was very much, like, a side character. And his character's main sort of purpose was that he did die this violent death. It's mm-hmm. really unfortunate timing that he died yeah. before the release of the movie, though. Yeah. Sorry to bring that down three steps. Thanks. Love that. You also said there was some controversy about firemen. Do you want to tell me about that now? Yes, I will. Okay. Currently, I saw this on Twitter originally, and I thought it was way bigger. And maybe it's just because Twitter took a hold of it, and that's why I saw it. Twitter loves to blow everything in proportion. Um, Just because, like, the numbers after don't align with what I thought I saw on Twitter. There's currently a petition on change.org, which somebody has started because they want the firefighter scene where... The firefighters go to put out the house fire where Michael currently is burning and they all get like killed by Michael because he is a villain. And so somebody wants the scene of the new Halloween Kills movie to be removed from the slaughtering of firefighters because it is wrong because firefighters have been lured to house fires and murdered by the person who set the fire, which was incorrect. And it is wrong that Michael killed the firefighters with the gear from the other firefighters that he killed. Um, Buddy, if we did this with everything, no movie ever would exist. Um, As soon as a soon to be firefighter, I find it offensive. And so does my mom and dad, who are also retired firefighters. That scene should be taken out of the movie. Michael didn't have to kill them in a way that they saved him. So um, he should have saved the two firefighters in the house and went on his way to kill his sister. There's no reason for the horrible, disgusting scene. Um, This sounds like a satire. I'm not joking. This doesn't sound real. Right. So it currently only has 447 out of 500 signatures that it needs to get to, like, the promoted side of change.org. So you, like, have to search for it. It's not something that 
is on the homepage. Also, how many petitions have you signed on change.org where anything came from it? Zero. Exactly. Um, and I have signed a few. Me too. <laughs> I don't think anything ever happens to them. Apparently, I've read some conspiracy theories that change.org is just like a data farming operation. So, you know, I believe it. <laughs> so true, bestie. But also somebody commented that there's going to be a lot more than a few firefighters getting killed in Halloween kills. You're going into a town of Haddonfield, yep. hypothetically, where there is a man named Michael who's on a rampage. There's also mobs forming, as we just talked, where they're hunting down people, which that's the same thing. Um, so and a cop gets killed and a teenager gets yes. killed and and like I'm sure you know I've seen plenty movies where like suspicious shit happens with writers because they're always the weird like mysterious character in a movie and you know what I've never done written a petition because I think that it's disrespectful to writers. Hey man, my favorite quote was when the villain did villainous things, that's when it went too far. <laughs> When Michael did exactly what we assumed he would do. For the past 10 plus movies. That's when it was too much. It was too, too much. far. Too, too far. <laughs> that Flames? No. Whoa. That genuinely sounds like a satire. Right? It's just like, come on. How much self-importance can you have that you believe that art created should in no way reflect fictional depictions of what might happen to a person that has the same job title as you? I know snaps. Thank you. Snaps all around. I want to dive into this. Okay. We haven't done this in a while. And I was on a little road trip back from our good old Canadian Thanksgiving from visiting my parents. And I decided to listen to the first episode of our podcast. It's so nostalgic. It is. And it's only not even a year old. We never really talk about like our favorite scenes in depth anymore. There are a lot of things that we did in the first episode that I would love if we could circle back to, but that was because we both knew that movie so deeply, and now I just, like, don't think we can do it in the same way. My favorite scene, I really liked the sort of reveal of the original people, so when we saw Kyle Richards as Lindsay, and then, like, the original Marion was there, I like, like, the nostalgic feeling of what... I don't know if you have this experience, but do you ever like drive somewhere or you see something and it sort of like teleports you back to a time when you were a kid? Yeah. And you have this feeling of like that sight made me feel how I want to feel on Halloween. Yes. That's how I felt about watching that scene in like that local small bar with those people Mm -hmm. dressed up, just like having a nice time, having a beer. I was like, this is like the nostalgic feeling that I want this season. Mm -hmm. That was one of my my favorites there was also some really 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 great death scenes yes and um i thought that the characters the two gay characters um big john and little john big john and little john were really great like those were some really fleshed out characters they had a really good presence mm-hmm. and i liked anything that happened in their house which was michael's original house yes loved um my favorite deaths were there was the scene randomly where they threw it out and like, or they like introduced these two characters and you were like, who are they? They probably had some significance and I have no idea who they were, but they were playing with that drone in the house. They were that elderly couple. It was just supposed to be Lori's neighbors. Okay. Yes. Their deaths were so, so good because it was like, Michael was just at this point rampaging through everybody's house trying mm-hmm. to find Lori because he didn't know where she went. Even though, like, the first place you'd think to look is a hospital. Right. Um, so he goes into, like, the neighbor's house, and they're playing with this little drone. It seems like it's Christmas. It is not. I don't remember how he died. So... No, he died by 
the knives in the back on every on the kitchen counter well like he i thought it was really cool like the husband's playing with the drone and he flies it around this dark corner and then the drone gets thrown back at them right and it's broken and that's how they realize that michael's in the house Mm -hmm. and then he's kind of i don't really remember what it was if it was like a set of french doors or just like a wall that had windows right yeah but michael like punches through like a pane of glass and pulls the guy kind of like on top of the pane of glass Yes. yes And then the wife runs back around that way after Michael goes into the house and he grabs the fluorescent light bulb, one of those long ones, smashes it, stabs her in the neck. Mm -hmm. And then she falls to the ground and then Michael stabs her husband like seven times with seven different knives until he finds like the right one he wants. Right. And then he leaves. Mm -hmm. So that was like my favorite like death scene. But I think my favorite scene overall in like terms of like composition and how it played out and like the characters... Lindsay and the doctor and nurse, and I can't remember who the fourth person were, they all split up from the bar, and then they were going to find Michael, and they run into him at that park. Yeah, so it was Mary and Dr. Loomis's Right, right, right. That's who it was. Um, I really liked how that scene was done, because it was like, you had four characters who were also kind of like splitting ways and not showing, not sure knowing what to do. Right. And then also Michael does appear, because we don't know if he's going to show up or not. And I really liked how like that played out, and like, that those characters were all dead other than Kyle Richards because she just walked it off. Yeah. Um, But, like, I like that we, like, went into the park and we had those kids who were, like, being bad to Big John and Little John. And then it sounds like I'm just, like, talking about nothing because I'm, like, trying to explain it. But I'm, like, Big John and Little John. I'm, like, if you haven't seen it, you have no idea who I'm talking about. Which is the case for every episode. True. But yeah, I really liked how it played out. I liked the deaths in that. I liked that Kyle Richards was down by the bayou. It was great. Oh, I have like so many things I want to build on that. Yes. But I was just going to say, should we? Open the, the case. What? I thought Kyle Richards was Casey Musgraves. I was going to say, do we want to order our subs right now? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, do we want to order dinner right now? So it's like here in like half an hour. We can do both. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, well, opening that case, Casey Musgraves, Zach turns to me at one point, like, it's like a ways into the movie, too. And he goes, is that Casey Musgraves? I was like, that is Kyle Richards, who is 20 years older than Casey Musgraves and also a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which I will shamefully admit to watching here and there. Okay, couple things. So we see, like, the pretty violent death of Marion, which is Dr. Loomis's assistant. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the death of um, Tommy eventually in the end. So Kyle and then the woman who played um, the assistant, Marion, they both reprised their roles. So that was very cool. The guy who played Tommy was not the boy who played right. Tommy because that guy is no longer acting. He was literally a small child. They're all dead in the end besides... Lindsay, like we said. And some part of me, even though it's like these are slasher movies and this is what they're made for, was like kind of disappointed that these they brought these people back to like kind of honor the original story just to like pretty callously like throw them away. I don't know. I, that's that's not probably a fair complaint, but I always have feelings about like the sort of needless deaths that happen in slasher films of people that you've like kind of grown to know and right. love. But that's also like every Shonda Rhimes show. She broke Grey's Anatomy? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's literally what I was thinking of, like, yes, we get to love these characters or, like, know them for, like, an st- extended period of time, and then they're just, like, wiped off the face of the earth. Yeah, that was Sons of Anarchy and um, Game of Thrones, too, I guess. Yeah, that's a lot of shows, actually, when we really think about it. 
Um, the other thing I was going to say is I actually really liked when the movie first started and they first kind of showed us that they were going to start doing the flashbacks. Yes. So they did like sort of like a retelling of the night of 1978 through these flashbacks with sort of new characters, which some people were complaining about. They're like, oh, you're just going to do like a recon of that Mm -hmm. night. I thought it was cool. I thought it was really well done. And like the characters, like you could tell like, oh, that's at one point we were like, who is that supposed to be? Right. But like majority of them we were like oh that's supposed to be this and then jim cummings of all people was in that movie i don't know if you know who that is he's like an indie film director he was in a couple other like movies here and there but i was like jim jim cummings (laughs) and then in real time the granddaughter's boyfriend yes I was like, why does he seem so familiar? It's because he was in You Season 3, which I binged the night before. Oh. And I couldn't just not put two and two together. And um, Big John? One of the Johns was um, Michael McDonald, who plays Stuart on Mad TV. No? Okay. No, I don't know that reference. I'm so sorry. One thing I want to get into and kind of pick your brain at, because I saw this theory on reddit of what do you think is going to happen in the next movie halloween ends it's going to be a huge showdown between michael and Lori. some part of me thinks that maybe they just both die together true that would actually be kind of i think a good full circle moment yeah one person posted here and i didn't copy their username which i am sorry um it says does anybody else get the vibe from the granddaughter's apparent fascination with picking up michael's bloody knives that she'll end up killing in the next one. Sort of like how Jamie got possessed in the end of Halloween 4. They keep mentioning Michael's evil transcending. Over the night of October 31st, 2018, she had lost her father to Michael, then watched her boyfriend be killed by Michael. Um, and I don't want to imagine when she'll learn that Michael killed her mother too, because mm. she did True. die at the end. Um, and how many other residents that she might have known killed by him, that she's either going to snap um, and become a killer, or be consumed by wanting revenge. I think if anything, she would want revenge. She would want to kill mm-hmm. Michael. I, if that character took an arc where she, all of a sudden she was killing other people, I would say that seems completely out of nowhere to me. Right. But I do think that it could be a cool twist. It could if be. If they did it very well and laid it out, like laid out the brickwork for it to be, but if they, make sense. But if they tried to like use that as a way to like lengthen this series by like three more movies, I would say give it the fuck up already. Me too. That's what makes these movies so hard is because... At some point, you stop taking something like this seriously when there has been so many. And that's kind of how I felt about this movie. Maybe there's diehards or maybe there's even passive fans who are like, oh, great, another one. I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, you're just dishonoring the story. Yeah, I'm like, we've pushed past a point that I'm interested in what any of the characters do. Yeah. What they say, how this like plays out. It kind of is like how I felt at Game of Thrones towards, you know, I was just like... I don't care what's going to happen, even though I feel like I should. Here's my fun facts that I find about the movie. (laughs) That I find. I found online that somebody else had written out. In my favorite scene, the masks that the three corpses are wearing in the merry-go-round are the silver shamrock masks from Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Oh! Which I have never seen, but we talked about last time how it has no no correlation. But now it does. Fun Um, callback. And that it's the only, like, separate continuity that follows Michael Myers now in that movie. (laughs) In the opening sequence where they're showing the titles and the Halloween pumpkins and all that, there's 12 pumpkins that are shown in the title sequence. And the last one indicates Halloween Kills as it is the 12th movie in the franchise. Oh, okay. Fun, fun. Yeah. 
So Halloween 2018 was released 40 years after Halloween. Halloween Kills was released 40 years after Halloween 2. And Halloween Ends is going to be released 40 years after Season of the Witch. Maybe that's why in a thousand different ways, a thousand different times in this movie, they said 40 years ago. Drink. God, we got it. Yeah, 40 years ago, evil dies tonight. Yeah, I'd be scream episode level drunk. (laughs) More. (laughs) Um, The last thing I want to mention is they did, I don't know if you saw any of the photos, but they had the film premiere on the black carpet. And Jamie Lee Curtis. And Jamie Lee Curtis dressed up as her mother, Janet Janet Lee, from Psycho. Psycho. In her little blue dress with her little bloody shower curtain. And I thought that was really cute. I fell down a rabbit hole the other day of looking at pictures of the two of them because I feel like mother-daughter Hollywood duos are Mm -hmm. always questionable at best, particularly from that time period. Because not to like stereotype, but a lot of those women at that time were just like pilled out. Yes. Having a horrible time. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they had a really great relationship. And did you know that they acted together in one of the Halloween movies briefly? No. Yeah, there was a scene. I think it was H2O. And um, also, Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter came out as transgender. And she... Yes, I um, did see that this morning. Of, she made a lot of very lovely statements. Mm-hmm. Other people that dressed up, Jason Blum yeah. dressed up as OG Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween. That's so fun. Judy Greer was... Um, Diane Keaton from Annie, Annie Hall. Oh. David Gordon Green was the old school movie theater ticket man dressed in the yellow red like yellow and red suit yeah. detailing. Cute. Jamie Lee was her mom. Kyle Richards. Kathy Hill. Kathy Hilton. Hilton, yes. <laughs> Paris Hilton's mom. Yes, and two others. I don't remember who were there because I don't watch them. They were all dressed up. Uh, Lisa Renan was there. Yes, she was like a pink bunny. Yeah. And then there was another one who I think looked like she was dressing up as Paris Hilton. Hmm. Um, but it was fun that they all, like, what, kind of, like, just did it. Yeah. I was like, you don't have to, like, dress up as, like, a red carpet, you mm-hmm. know? That was fun. No, like, they have to dress up as a red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. My two... Um, oh, sorry. No, sorry. I was just going to say two takeaways from that. This is, like, the most subtle Jason Blum stan podcast. True. And Judy Greer, cast her in everything. Give that woman one starring role for the love of God. They won't. Supporting <laughs> since 1991. Room. And you know what? Sometimes we need those people. And I like to, I love Judy Greer. Like seeing her in something is so comforting. Couldn't, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think I know who Judy Greer is. <laughs> Are you serious? She's in everything. She also has looked the same for the last 20 years. Like has not aged. Good for her. Good for her. Do you know who else were... Like, their mother's dress recently? Angelina Jolie's daughter. Yeah, from her Oscars, like, 2018, maybe? Yeah, something like that. I thought that was really nice, too. Yeah, it was cute. Anyways, that has nothing to do with this, and I have nothing else to say about this movie. The only thing that I was going to say is, I know that there's been some reviews about how this movie is not scary. And I was thinking about that because it wasn't. But also, I think that Halloween is just at a point where the scare factor is gone because Michael is so recognizable. We're so desensitized to him that he's not scary anymore. Mm -hmm. But does that have to be the point of the movie? I don't think so. It was still really fucking fun to watch. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, Although I do have to say, there was one point where you almost hit the fucking roof. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. I don't remember what happened. I don't either. But all of a sudden you were like, gone you were up and I, I was like oh my god i don't think it was scary i think it was a loud noise right it just spooked me and, and I, that and that spooked me because then i jumped because i was more scared that you were like maybe having 
some sort of body problem. <laughs> I don't want anybody listening to take that to mean that this movie is scary because I spook constantly and consistently. Yes, very, very easily. And mm-hmm. I, I can attest to that. Should it be rated? <sighs> yeah, they're all going to be pretty low for me. Me too. Scary, it's not. It's a zero. I put two. Oh, okay. I just put for the gore aspect. There were some pretty gory moments that can be like... Unsettling. Yeah, maybe that's where I would put the two. Scary was zero. Yeah, unsettling. Sure, one, two. Yeah. Great kills. Yes, very much so. Uh, Story, no. It did nothing to like advance the plot forward. Nothing other than the daughter has now died. Quite honestly, like to people, like viewers of the original movies, irrelevant. Yeah, true. One. Yeah. But was it a paper cut or was it a bloody massacre? I put, I am more disappointed that we have to go to one more than anything on a scale of 10. I 100% agree. And like, we don't have to, but we also have to. We're going to. Immediately. This movie has been all fucking over the place. Before it came out, like really for fan release, it was so, doing so well. Mm -hmm. And then it really tanked. Well, it also was released on Peacock, like the new NBC streaming service, which I didn't know. Yeah, I saw that today, actually. It's it's not uh, it's not highly rated no, but it did very well critically and not critically sorry at the box office. Hmm. Yeah, I did see that actually. Yeah, made sick it, numbers. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good for them. But also not because you don't you guys don't need money. <laughs> you guys didn't need the incentive to make Do you another. Know what? I just want to quickly just throw in there. Sure. Activia. That's all. Iconic. Is she still doing them? No. She should be. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> Uh, we got to run because we're going to eat and then we're going to be guesting on a podcast, which will be out by the time this is released. We are guesting on a podcast called Saturdays for the Ghouls. Um, I'm sure we will post about it. You missed the word R. Saturdays are for, for the, the ghouls. ghouls. <laughs> so sorry. Um, we will be guesting on that. I believe it comes out over the week of Halloween. Yes. I don't know the exact date. Me neither. But we'll post about it somewhere. Yeah. You know Great. where to find us. <laughs> At Podcast Career on Everything. Until next time. Evil dies tonight. Is that really? <laughs> yeah, that's the tagline. Go ahead. One no, more. we're cut. Cut. <laughs> cut. <laughs>